0: After the ending. A good omen, written by Entangled Now and read by Job. Summary Azerafil tries not to make a fool of himself at a banquet and makes a friend. When Azerafil applied to be the royal librarian, he'd expected there might be some sort of test involved, perhaps dating unknown pieces of literature or being able to pick out copies of books by only their spines, comparing different schools of organization for greatest efficiency. He'd prepared himself accordingly, reassuring himself that he was experienced enough to pass any test set for him, but instead all librarians eligible for the position had been invited to a three-day autumnal banquet which had thrown aziraphale so far out of his depth that he is now a mess of nerves staring at the soup he'd been served and wondering which one of the three spoons he's supposed to be eating it with the fox he rules out with something in the way of hysterical relief there are plenty of knife options though he has to reluctantly leave them where they are even if he does feel the odd urge to defend himself. Sandelfon, who is also here hoping to be chosen, is already buttering a roll, probably even using the correct knife. Thoughts of being picked for such a prestigious position are somewhat secondary now to making sure he doesn't make a terrible fool of himself. Start on my side and move inwards, the voice beside a says quietly. He looks to his left, finds a slim man in richly embroidered black velvet, wearing small glasses and an arched eyebrow. He's holding his own soup spoon, tapping it gently. The other arm is hidden beneath the drape of a stylish cape. Oh! A retrieves the correct utensil. And applies it to his soup with a sound of relief. Thank you so much. I'm a little nervous, and I fear everything I've read about table service has suddenly slipped my mind. He smiles gratitude at his fellow guest. The man smiles back. It's a small thing, but it's genuine. People always have trouble with the cutlery, he offers. I have no idea why there's so much of it. I can see not wanting to eat cake with the fork you had in the kippers, but I don't think it's the end of the world. It's not like it'll cause war to break out if you disrespect the order of the spoons. Ziraphale laughs, which seems to satisfy his companion, who's clearly trying to put him at ease. He's very handsome and he clearly belongs here the long hand he lifts his wine with is manicured and ankle-loose his fine clothes expensively dyed and decorated still he seems determined to pull a 0 feel further into conversation proving himself to be sharp-witted funny and generous it's impossible not to be charmed his companion's name was crowley and he's the youngest brother of the queen, which briefly causes Zerophil to choke on his second course, leaving Crowley to lean over and pat him on the back, clearly finding the whole thing terribly funny. Crowley admits to not being much of a reader, Zerophil is disappointed to hear, a fact he makes a little too obvious which seems to amuse the other man greatly. He has the most enchanting smile, and there's a warm roughness to his laugh which rolls pleasantly over his skin. Aziraphale finds himself concentrating a little too much on the man's flame-red hair and the quirk of his mouth. He reminds himself sharply that he is not here to fall in love. Crowley lives in the palace, sharing duties with his brothers, though he sometimes feels they give him less of a share of the work than he's capable of. The youngest are often spoiled a little, as Aziraphale e. offers, to which Crowley gives a faint cuff of amusement, his smile widening. The conversation builds and warms as they pass it back and forth, until by dessert, Crawley almost feels like an old friend. Aziraphale finds himself sharing how very ill-suited he feels, even though he's more than qualified for the position here. He's always found the solitude of being a guardian of books more satisfying than showing people where to find what they are looking for, and then watching them take it away. (laughs) A librarian who doesn't want to share his books. Crowley laughs and pours him more wine. You're a fiend to tease me so, Aziraphale tells him. Crowley hums agreement. After dinner, Zerophile heads for the garden to enjoy the Christmas of air before he retires for the night. He's surprised and delighted when Crowley joins him for a walk, the long cloak he wears on one shoulder, adding a sense of unique style to him. He must stand out wherever he goes, drawing attention and appreciation. Crowley shows him the royal gardens, which Aziraphale can tell he's immensely fond of. They pass the kitchens too, before being shooed off by a cook but not before Crawley steals a small tray of almond cakes, which Ziraphyr feels a little embarrassed about how vocally he enjoys them. When the moon drifts behind the clouds, they navigate the maze-hedge, laughing like children in the dark. And as the hours pass, their hands brush, and then brush again, and then clasp together though neither of them mentions it. I believe you're missing my youngest niece angrily playing piano, Crowley says, once they make it back to the main gardens, dark statues watching them pass. She hates it, but she's really good, better than I was at that age. Do you still play? Zivafel asks him. The thought of Crowley's long, lean form swaying on a piano bench is a very affecting mental image. But Crowley goes very still beside him, the expression he turns on a xerophyll strangely unreadable. Their hands slide apart, leaving a zero-fair dangling alone in the chill night air. Ew don't know who I am, Crowley says, and there's something quietly pained to the words. I'm sorry, Zirafel breathes, feeling awful and not understanding why. He wants to take back whatever he'd said to put that expression on Crowley's face to soothe any injury he may have caused unintentionally. He's afraid to reach out, everything had been so wonderful, and now a weight is sinking in his chest. Silly of me. You always think that everyone knows, don't you? How could they not? Crowley reaches up and draws open the cord that holds his cape shut, letting it slide away from his shoulder for the first time. Aziraphale sees that there's no arm tucked beneath it. Instead, there's a large, folded wing, the flare of its overlapping feathers midnight dark in the moonlight. They twitch and flutter in the breeze before settling, the long bone folded and pressed to her side. Good heavens! You're one of the... Zerofield stops, uncertain if it's cruel to say it out loud. One of the swan princes, there's a smile. There are not dirty words in this palace. Thirty years ago, the kingdom suffered under a period of dark magics and vicious curses. My sister was forced to keep silent for three years to free my brothers and I, stitching together nettle shirts until her fingers were raw and red and shook with the pain. She never quite finished mine. Crowley draws down his glasses, revealing the swan gold of his eyes with their white-black centers. Though I still say she is braver than I will ever be, so I don't hold it against her. The wing stretches bravely before tucking back into Crowley's side. He replaces the glasses without looking at Aziraphale. I mostly stay in the palace grounds. People forget, I suppose. His posture is suddenly stiff a defensive rise to his shoulder, a brittle guard against words that might be flung at him, that have been flung at him, as Irafil knows. He can't have Crowley thinking that he would ever think less of him. All he can do is be honest. Crowley! i don't think anyone who ever saw you smile could possibly forget you you have been nothing but a joy and a pleasure to spend time with crowley's eyebrows go up a moment of surprise and confusion which slowly melts into an expression that's soft and a little vulnerable If anyone had ever gotten to know Crowley and judged him for his past or the way he was rescued, then Aziraphale will be pleased to set them straight. But anything else he might say is cut short when he shivers under a strong gust of cold wind. After a considering moment of stillness, Crowley comes to stand on his right. The dark midnight wing opening and folding around him a blanket of feathers and warmth and quiet adoration. The end.